Welcome to the Littler Workplace Policy Institute podcast. Insider briefings on the latest legislative and regulatory developments affecting employers. Hello, I'm Corinne Jackson, an attorney with Littler Mendelssohn's Workplace Policy Institute, or WPI. In our podcast today, we explore employment law at the local level. Specifically, how some California cities are getting particularly active in the business of proposing and implementing their own workplace laws and regulations. I'm pleased to be joined today by Bruce Sarche, a shareholder with Littler who practices in Sacramento, California. Welcome, Bruce. Great to be here, Corinne. Thanks. The WPI is an effective resource for the employer community to engage in legislative and regulatory developments that impact their workplaces and business strategies. In the past, the WPI has focused primarily on federal legislative and regulatory matters. However, as states and more cities are passing employment laws, the WPI is also focusing its efforts on the proliferation of local ordinances. Employers that do business in different states in the union or even different cities within the same state must be aware of these local initiatives to ensure compliance. That's right. I've used this phrase before, but I like to call this the municipalization of employment law. And California seems to be leading the way in this area. We've got several cities that have recently adopted ordinances that regulate employment within their city limits. There are quite a few such ordinances, but today we're going to focus on just one of the newest areas or trends of workplace regulation, advance notice of work schedules, and the requirement of offering additional work hours to part-time employees before hiring from the outside. Great. Let's get started. First, let's take a trip to Emeryville. Emeryville? That's right. You can Google map it if you'd like, but if you've ever driven in Northern California, you know that Emeryville is the jumping off point for the Bay Bridge as you travel from the East Bay into San Francisco. Yeah, I heard once that the MacArthur Maze, as it's called, and which you have to go through to get onto the bridge, is one of the busiest traffic spots on the planet. And the city of Emeryville has adopted an ordinance that has a few of the qualities of a maze, uh, and it could keep employment lawyers quite busy as well. That's an interesting analogy, Bruce, but okay. It's Ordinance 16-007, and it's effective July 1, 2017. Now, it doesn't cover all employers, just those in retail and fast food. It applies to retail firms with 56 or more employees globally and fast food firms with 56 or more employees globally and 20 or more employees within the Emeryville city limits. And it gets more specific than that. Fast food restaurants are defined in some detail, but do not include restaurants that provide patrons who order and are served while seated and who pay after eating the food, nor does it apply to restaurants that offer alcoholic beverages with meals. And I'm not sure where those exceptions came from, but so be it. Okay, this ordinance breaks down into two basic parts, scheduling and offering work to part-time employees. In the area of scheduling, there are five basic requirements. First, before an employee is hired, they must be provided a good faith estimate in writing of the employee's upcoming work schedule. Second, covered employers must provide employees at least two weeks notice of their work schedules. 
Third, if the employer wants to change the schedule with less than 14 days notice, the employee may refuse to work those new hours. Fourth, if an employer changes a schedule with less than 14 days notice but more than 24 hours notice, the employer must pay the employee one extra hour of pay. This is called predictability pay. Fifth, the amount of predictability pay increases if there's less than 24 hours notice given. If less than 24 hours notice is given of a schedule change, the employer must pay four hours of predictability pay to the employee or the number of hours in the scheduled shift, whichever is less. And there are some exceptions in the case of an emergency, and there is also a collective bargaining exception. A union contract may waive employee rights under the ordinance. Right, but these provisions are going to be a serious compliance challenge for covered employers. But there's more. That's correct. The Emeryville Ordinance also requires that a covered employer must offer additional hours of work to existing part-time employees before hiring other employees or using a temporary agency to provide staffing relief. And those part-time employees must be given 72 hours to consider the offer of additional hours before the employer may look to the outside for help. Now, those are just the basics of the Emeryville Ordinance. There are far more details than can be covered in our podcast today. So let's travel south to Silicon Valley and the city of San Jose. They also have a new scheduling law there. Right. This actually isn't a municipal ordinance, but was an initiative passed by the voters, Measure E in San Jose. It went into effect on March 13, 2017. And it has many similarities with the Emeryville Ordinance, but its coverage is potentially broader. It covers all employers that are subject to San Jose business tax or that maintain a place of business in San Jose. However, employers with 35 or fewer employees are not covered. There's also an exemption for employees covered by a union collective bargaining agreement. The basic requirement of the law is that employers are required to offer new work hours to existing part-time workers before hiring from the outside. The employer is allowed to exercise good faith and reasonable judgment to determine whether a current part-time worker is qualified to perform the new work. Got it. Okay, let's drive back north to the city itself, San Francisco. For a while now, retail employees have had their own Bill of Rights in San Francisco. That's correct. The San Francisco Retail Workers Bill of Rights became effective about two years ago in the summer of 2015. And you can see in this ordinance the foundations of the Emeryville and the San Jose laws. And the ordinance doesn't apply to all retail stores in the city, correct? Only those that fall within the definition of a formula retail establishment. That's right, and that's just sort of a fancy way of saying that the store we're talking about is actually part of a chain of stores. The store has to have, for example, standardized merchandise, a standardized color scheme, and so on and so on. Also, to be covered, an employer must have at least 20 retail sales establishments located worldwide and employ 20 or more people within the city of San Francisco. So basically, covered employers must first offer additional work hours to current qualified part-time employees before hiring from the outside. However, employers are not required to offer any such hours to any worker working at least 35 hours per week. There are also scheduling requirements, which are similar to the Emeryville Ordinance. 
Prior to the start of employment, employers must provide new employees with a good faith estimate in writing of the employee's expected minimum number of scheduled shifts per month, as well as the days and hours of those shifts. Covered employers must provide their employees with at least two weeks notice of their work schedules and must provide notice of any change to the employee's work schedule. If the employer changes or cancels an employee's previously scheduled shift, the employer must provide predictability pay of up to four hours of pay. Now, all of that sounds pretty familiar. We've covered similar ground so far, but the San Francisco ordinance goes further. For example, if a covered business is sold, the new owners must retain the existing employees for at least 90 days. Also, part-time employees must receive the same starting hourly wage provided to starting full-time employees in the same jobs. Part-time employees must also receive the same unpaid and paid time off benefits that are provided to full-time employees, uh, but the amounts of the leave can be prorated to correspond uh, based on the hours actually worked. And part-time employees must receive treatment equal to that of full-time employees concerning eligibility for promotions for the same job classification. So that's our brief overview. Uh, you, you should beware, we have knocked off quite a few corners in our discussion here today. Unfortunately, these three local laws contain far more complexity than we've been able to report on here. There are, for example, monetary penalties for noncompliance. And there are numerous unanswered questions as well. True. For example, what about employers that have temporary or otherwise irregular hiring needs, such as seasonal or peak load work? What about a company that wants to hire interns? What about replacing an employee who quits? In that instance, are those additional hours which must be offered to a current worker? Or are they current hours, allowing an employer to simply go out and replace the departed employee with a brand new worker? How will we resolve disputes over whether a current employee was qualified to perform the new work? And how do these laws apply to employees who work both within and outside of the city limits? Yes, compliance is going to be an ongoing challenge. Here are a few practical suggestions. First, employers that do business in these cities must carefully evaluate whether the laws apply to their operations. Remember, not all employers are covered by these laws. Second, if an employer is covered, it should carefully study its obligations under the new law and provide training and guidance to the people on the ground who will need to implement the requirements, supervisors and managers. It may make sense to adopt a formal policy incorporating some or all of the requirements of the ordinance. Finally, ongoing monitoring of compliance is critical. Periodic checkups and audits should be undertaken to make sure that your nice, detailed written policies are actually being carried out on the ground. Unfortunately, those of us at Littler's Workplace Policy Institute don't see any end in sight for this trend. In fact, at the state level in California, we are also following AB5, which is called the Opportunity to Work Act. Yes, that bill was modeled after the San Jose Ordinance and would require California businesses that employ 10 or more workers to offer their current staff members more hours before hiring new employees or contracting out additional work. But it doesn't look like that bill is going anywhere. It is apparently parked in committee and likely will move no further this year. However, the bill's author has indicated that she is committed to taking it up again in January 2018. Okay, 
So in conclusion, we believe that more and more cities are going to take up work scheduling and opportunity to work ordinances, and the state of California may as well. This likely will create an ever more complex web of local regulations for employers in California and beyond. That's right, Bruce. We do not see any signs of California's web of local employment laws and regulations getting untangled anytime soon. A few weeks ago, you and I published a little ASAP called Golden State Warriors on all of California's pending statewide employment-related legislation. Why don't we put together another little publication on some of the biggest pieces of California municipal legislation in the past few years and highlight some pending legislation to watch? I think that's a great idea, Corinne. Let's do it. It could be long and grueling, but uh, I think it's worth a shot. Thanks for your attention, and stay tuned to WPI for further updates and information regarding state and local workplace, regulatory, and legislative developments. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers, addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.